Hey, before you start today's episode, I just wanted to jump on in and tell you about something so very exciting. I am holding my first ever summit. The Rise Above Summit is going to be on the 20th and the 21st of March and the tickets to it are free. All you have to do is register at theriseabovesummit.com. Now, I have pulled together the most phenomenal lineup for you. Honestly, it's like a who's who of the online world. So if you have an online business that you want to grow, so you're either a course creator, a membership owner, or a coach and do offer group programs, then this is definitely the summit for you. You are going to learn everything you need to know from the best experts out there in terms of growing that business. Let me just give you a little rundown of some of the speakers that we've got speaking. We've got the amazing Amy Porterfield, who's going to be sharing with us about growing her audience and basically creating a million dollar online business. We've got the phenomenal Michael Hyatt, who is a New York Times bestselling author, who's going to be talking to us about getting organized in our business. We've got Mike from the Membership Guys, who's going to be talking about using free content to sell your online membership. We've got Lucy Street from Adobe Express sharing the secret source of social media. We've got Graham Cochran, who's talking about a million dollar life giving business formula. And I do an amazing interview with him. We have Adrian Salisbury talking about three keys to maximizing your own camera presence. We have Kirsten Miller, Mary Hyatt, Joy Ann Boyce. Uh, we have Fifi Mason, Robin Kennedy. We have Kylie Lang, Melanie Moore, Jen Lena, Natalie Bullen, Liz Mosley. Like the list goes on and on and on. We honestly have the most phenomenal people. We also have various different activities that you can take part in that go from meditation to tapping to doing marketing in 10 minutes. So we've got lots of fun things and there's also competitions to get amazing swag. So go and check out theriseabovesummit.com. It will be linked in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go and find it in my social media. Get your free ticket. And after you get your free ticket, you will be given the opportunity to upgrade to our VIP pass. And our VIP pass means that you can watch any of these sessions whenever you want. Because the one thing about putting on such an amazing summit with such a big and amazing lineup is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, episode 172. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and a very warm welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How are you doing? So this week is a solo episode. I've got some really good practical stuff for you today. I like to mix it up. Sometimes I like to do the whole 
personal development. Here's some thoughts around things. Here's my opinion about something. And sometimes I just like to give you straight up practical, go and do this in your business today stuff. It reminds me of a couple of things that have happened recently. One, I've just done a challenge in the academy, a five-day LinkedIn challenge. Every other month we have a challenge and it just helps us focus on a platform and helps us to get over the line and do some stuff. Secondly, the Build My List course is about to start again. So if you're interested in that, in fact, today the cart's open. If you're listening to this on the day the podcast comes out, the cart is now open and it will stay open for five days and it's going to close on Friday the 26th of February and we start on Monday the 1st of March. And I'm all about the action. I'm all about the like doing the steps, crossing the finish line and actually achieving the thing that you've done. I've just literally done an Instagram post actually that I'd had a quick search online of how or what percentage of people actually finish online courses that they buy. Now I know I've bought a few courses I haven't finished. Let's not talk about that. Um, Definitely didn't tell my husband. Um, And then uh, I had a look, it's 20%. 20% of the people who buy an online course complete it. Only, it actually said less than 20%, but under 20%. And then I went and had a look at my stats because I like to keep track of different things. I like to keep track of who's got on and done certain things on the course. And I had a look at all the people that finished the course in its entirety. And by finished, I mean they had a completed lead magnet that they had created in Canva. They had posts that they used on social media. They had this tech all set up, the funnel all set up, all the emails written, and they were promoting their lead magnet and people were joining their list. And my percentage was 80%. Like, wow, that blew my mind. Like I knew it was good, but I didn't realize how good it was. And one of the students had a hundred people join their list within the first seven days of promoting it. Unbelievable. So, and I think that's because it's an action thing. I think that's because it's like, okay, we're going to do this together. We work as a team. I had some amazing video testimonials recorded, which I've put out on social media. If you haven't, if you haven't seen them, do go take a listen. Anyway, that's enough about that. Oh, if you want to join the next Build My List course, which starts on the 1st of March, as I said, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash build my list. Places are limited. Do not hang about because once they're full, they're full. It's a follow me along live course. Each time I run it, the price is going up as well because it's a flipping amazing course. It's so good. I love it. I'm so sad that I get so excited about these things, but I do. Can't help myself. Um, Okay. Oh, the other reason I'm all about the practical stuff at the moment is if you're not on my email list, please do come and get on there because uh, I sent out an email the other day with some Canva hacks And honestly, I don't think I've had so many responses to an email that's like some basic stuff. Not basic as in you should know it, as in like, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Like just, you know, some simple hacks or some kind of did you know these things rather than like some big complex thing that I'm explaining. But yeah, so many comments. It was ace. I loved it. They loved it. So do get on the list if you are not on my email list. Anyway, So today, what are we talking about? Today, I want to talk about testimonials and why they're important for your business, why you need them, how to get them, how you can get good ones, what questions you should ask in order to help them write the testimonials for you, and all of that good stuff. So I think it's pretty obvious why a business needs testimonials. The world we're in right now is 
super online, more online than it's ever been for many reasons, COVID being one of them. And one of the big differences between marketing when I first started, which was like three million years ago, not quite 16, and marketing that we do today is the fact of it was more recommendation, it was more personal, and it was more the case of you would go to the same shops, speak to the same people, you would be, you know, restricted by location maybe. And testimonials maybe of the time were more about so one, you know, someone you know saying, hey, have you been to so-and-so's? It's really good. You should go. And of course, they're the best kind of testimonials because it's like, it's someone I know or someone I like or someone I trust. And they're telling me that this thing's good and therefore it lessens the risk. And that's obviously what your testimonials are doing today. But we almost need to do even more and go overboard on them because of the fact that we're now online, because that trust element isn't there. It's not like you can just walk into a shop and see that I exist and, you know, try out my products and then go again. I've got to prove to you and you've got to prove to your customers somehow that I'm good at what I say I am and that you can take the risk in spending some money on me and they can take the risk spending the money on you and it's not going to blow up in their face because that's what we're really nervous about. Our time and money are the most important things to us in this world. Time should always be the most important one. We can't make more time. But anyway, side note, but they are really important. And what I don't want to happen is I don't want to take a risk and I want to try and minimize that risk as much as possible. And that's where the testimonials come into play. Now, but also testimonials have evolved. So when we first started, anybody could just put anything really on their website and there wasn't really that much proof it had come from someone who was real. If you were lucky, you might have a name and a business name. And I think as time's gone on, we need that proof to be stronger and we need to find other ways to have these testimonials in place that really do prove that this is a real person and they really did experience the thing that we're talking about. So let's talk about the different testimonials that you can do in your business and kind of the various different ones that really help get over the fact of this is someone real saying something real about your business. And also how we're going to encourage people who use our service to say nice things about us. So kind of at the bottom of the pile almost is the testimonials that are written to you, i.e. someone has sent you an email, said something to you privately, where they've said, that was wonderful, I loved it, thank you so much. And you've asked them if you can use that as a testimonial and put it on your website. And hopefully, if you are doing that, then you've got at least their name and their business name. Now, I'd say that's your average, right? But that's, for me, that is like your lowest point okay, that's the least you should be doing. And I'm going to give you lots of other examples and things that I want you to have a think about because I want you to really show me and prove to me that this is real people doing real things, having tried your service or your product. And I want to, I want a variety. I don't just want to have to come to your website to see a written testimonial with someone's name and business name that I've never heard of potentially. So, The first thing I want you to do at the very least, so a step up from there, almost going to be like better, 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 best. So the step up from there is going to be, I want a photo of the person and I want it to be a real photo. And it was funny, you know, when I first did some of my testimonials, they weren't like these glamorous, crazy, Instagrammable type photos. 
they were really authentic photos that people sent me. And I was like, good, that's what I want to use because I want people to see that these are real people. This isn't a stock photo that I've got off, so off, you know, some website. This is a real person who really does use my stuff. And if you go and look at this person, you'll see that's them. So at the very least, if you're putting them on your website and it is a text written testimonial, then I want a photo next to it along with that name and business name. Again, that's going to help with that that kind of proof. If you're then going to put those testimonials on social media, which I recommend you should, and you should definitely have it as part of one of your categories, then again, I want to see that face. I want to see you tag them in when you talk about them, because again, it's going to add to that trust, that that kind of element of I, I can trust what she's saying, that this isn't just a made up testimonial. So that's the first one. I'm going to give you examples at the end of the questions you can ask on how to get a good testimonial with the type of things you need from it. And these questions can be for any of these testimonials I'm talking about. So I'm going to leave that till the end. The next one that you could do, which I think is quite a nice one that people sometimes forget about. And again, this might be because we've just done a LinkedIn challenge is ask for a recommendation on LinkedIn. Now, the recommendations are really good because of the fact that it's obviously come from their account. You can't make up a recommendation. If you're not sure what the recommendations are, then go and head along to my profile. Um, just search Teresa Heath Waring in LinkedIn. Go to the bottom of my profile and you will see that I've been recommended by people. And they have to choose what role that you worked in or what business it was and they have to pick that one in order to say, yes, we work together here and this is what I thought of them. And like I said, it has to come from them. Now, this does make it a little bit tricky in terms of asking people to do recommendations because it's not like you can just send them an email and they can just email you back. They have got to log into their LinkedIn and they've got to go and fill it in in LinkedIn and then submit it to you for approval. And that's the other thing that's quite nice. You can actually go back and ask them to tweak it if you're not happy with it. Now, personally, you know, I don't know how I feel about that. If I've written someone a testimonial, I don't know, I suppose if it was like valid, a good reason of something I said, then yeah, I guess I would tweak it. But, you know, I think from my point of view, I'm just thinking I'd be grateful that someone went to that effort. But anyway, that's got to be down to you and, and how you feel. But you can ask them to tweak it and then you can submit it to yours. And the good thing as well about this is... I would just drop them a quick message afterwards and thank them. And then I would say, are you okay if I take your image in this testimonial and use it in other places? Or at the very least, you could just screenshot it because that's exactly what everybody can see when they come to your site. So the LinkedIn recommendations are really good. A couple of kind of additional little tips on this is I wouldn't, well, LinkedIn has this opportunity where you can ask for recommendations. It's just a button that says, can you give me a recommendation? And you can do this with certain people. I don't think I would do that unless I knew them really well. But personally, I think if I was asking for recommendations, I would go to them in the way in which we normally communicate. And I would say to them, would you mind? And the other thing I would do is if you want to make it super easy for them, I'd record them a little video about how to go ahead and do it on LinkedIn, how to actually, you know, what buttons they press, how they fill it in, how they submit it. Super easy to do. Just use some kind of screen record recorder. I use ScreenFlow or you can use Zoom, or you can use Loom, and just basically record a little video and send that to them as well. So at least it's kind of taking down some of those barriers as to the sorts of things that they might go, oh, well, I don't know how to do it. 
The other thing that you can do with your LinkedIn recommendations, if someone's written you a testimonial, you could always send that testimonial back to them and say, here's a little video about how to put it on LinkedIn. Is there any chance you can do that too? Even if LinkedIn isn't like your main platform, I still think it's worth, if you're on it, having those recommendations. Okay, so the next one, which is, in fact, the next two are really good, both of them. I don't know which one I'm going to put in order. So let's go with videos. So you've obviously got written, you've got testimonial through something like a recommendation in LinkedIn. We're going to talk about social proofing next. But the next one I would say is a really, really good one is video. Now, I know lots of you are going to be like, oh, no one's going to do that. No one's going to want to do a video for me. But you've got to pitch it to them in the right way. So one of the reasons people would do a video for me is I share it on my social media. My social media is obviously pretty active and busy because of the fact that, you know, that's one of the ways in which I market myself and and what I talk about. And what happens is if someone records me a video testimonial, then I put up this nice video with them and their name and their business name, and I tag them in. So effectively, video testimonials are a great way for you to promote yourself through someone else's account. And that's the way I try and pitch it. Like, if you are happy to do a video testimonial, then obviously I'm going to share you, I'm going to put you on my site, I'm going to do various different things. So videos are really, really good. The way I structure mine is I just do it in a Zoom. I tell them that I'm going to ask them a question. I ask them to answer the question and then I go on to the next question. You will never see me asking the questions. I'm only doing it to help them structure the testimonial because, and you'll see when we come to the question bit at the end about what you ask them, you've got to give them a structure. Like if you just say, can you say something nice about my course? Then I'm going to struggle to, to find the direction you want me to go in. I'm going to struggle to find the the kind of the key salient points that you want, because let's take something like the Build My List course. The beauty of the Build My List course is that I do everything for you. I, I take all the elements that, you know, I give you templates for Canva. I give you the email copy for your onboarding. I give you even copy to put in your lead magnet. I give you all of these things. And therefore that is a big selling point for this course. Also, the community and doing it together is a big selling point. And I know that procrastination and decision fatigue are big things that stop people doing stuff. And I know that my audience get really frustrated with themselves because they don't cross the line on stuff. And therefore, they then beat themselves up and say ridiculous things about themselves because of the fact that they don't get to finish it. But the truth is, it's not their fault. So, I I want my testimonial videos to talk about the things that I know future customers are going to resonate with. So that's why the the giving the person giving you a testimonial it, it needs a structure behind it is because you want to make sure you're getting the right stuff out of it. Like they might say that they love something so completely random that actually no one else will really find important and therefore you've wasted a testimonial. So anyway, but we'll cover this on the questions at the end. So videos are great. Like I said, so I do them on Zoom. I record them. They know they're being recorded. They know that I'm not going to be seen. I tell them that I'm going to clip them and crop them and that they will then go out. But obviously it's all their stuff. And I only clip and crop in terms of like, actually, they did a really good answer for this question. We're just going to put that out. 
rather than you literally seeing me go, so what was the best thing about the course? Why would someone go on this course? Because otherwise it's pointless. But videos are great, really, really good. I know sometimes when people do events and when they speak, sometimes they get people in the audience to do videos. I know I've done testimonial videos of events. When I've been at an event, they wanted to know what I thought of it and that sort of thing. So, so videos are probably one of the best types of testimonials you can have. Again, you can put them on your website, you can put them on your social media, you can share them anywhere you share a video. Okay, so the last one for the different types of testimonies you can have is social proof. Now, I love the social proof stuff because it's very similar to the recommendations on LinkedIn. It's someone saying something about you on their own social media. And this is brilliant for two reasons. One, they are sharing with the world that you are brilliant at the thing that you said you're brilliant at or your product's wonderful and their audience is getting to see it as well as your audience. And two, you then have content that you can use because it's out on social media, it's public. The only ones I'm a little bit careful of and I cover up names and pictures is when they're done in the academy. So I've had a number of amazing social proof things in the academy where someone asked, uh, someone shared a win and they said how, you know, the win was amazing. And one of the other members said, oh my gosh, that's amazing. How did you get that win? What, you know, tell us your secret. And her response was, I did the 90 day program with Teresa. Like amazing testimonial. So even just those few words. So that whole conversation, her post, and then the conversation around it was perfect. So I screenshotted it on my computer and basically I took it into something like Canva or I put it into Instagram stories and I just used like the pen bit to cover up. I coloured in where their face was and where their names were because it was in a private group. Whereas if that had been on a public page, I would have straight up screenshot it as it was. Because if it's public, then you can share it because it's out in the public anyway. It's only what other people can see. So For me, social proof is one of the best things that I can have. It's other people in their own steam saying, this was brilliant because I love this because. And therefore, the the structure of them do tend to be a little bit different. They're not as uniform as the other testimonials we've talked about. But what's great is they're creative and they share different pictures and they might put a GIF with it and they might, you know, it might be a conversation. So every time someone says something nice about me, I screenshot it or I save it and I put it somewhere. So for instance, the I had lots of amazing social proof testimonials about the course. And rather than typing in testimonials on my sales page, I decided only to use screenshots. Because again, it's like, look, these are real conversations. These are real people saying real things. What's lovely about when I do a talk or when I speak somewhere is, again, I get lots of social proof. So I might get lots of tweets or I might get lots of Instagram stories. And again, I save all of them. So the social proof one is really, really good. It looks really creative. There's lots of different looks and feels. and It looks very authentic. I also, if you go and take a look at TeresaHeathWearing.com, oh God, is it forward slash speaker? But if you just go to my website, TeresaHeathWearing.com and click on the speaker page, you'll see at the bottom of that speaker page is social proof. And what we've done is basically put in loads of images and the amazing Ben Bellamy, who did my site, I'll put a link to him in the show notes. I actually sent him all these uh, screenshots of of social proof and said, make these look lovely because that's the problem. They're not uniform at all. So bless him. He did a really good job of making them fit well on the page 
But again, I can use them on my site. I can share them on social. Lots and lots of wonderful ways in which you can share those social proof. And in terms of social proof, there's a couple of things that you can do to encourage it. One, you can ask for it. You can say, you know, if you enjoyed this, then please do screenshot it, take a picture, uh, share it on social media, you know, say those things. People are pretty kind. If they liked what you did, they will share it. You can incentivize them. So for instance, I am doing a challenge at the moment, not mine. I'm doing someone else's. It's not a challenge, actually. I don't know why I call it a challenge. It's more like a workshop over several days. And within this training that I'm doing, they are encouraging social media posts. And every day they're picking one social media post and they're sending them a swag bag. So they're sending them a bag with like a water bottle in and a notepad and a few different things. And it doesn't even have to be like one a day and it doesn't even have to be that big. It could be something as simple as, you know, they get to win a 30 minute session with you or they get 20% off if you pick them. Oh, I used to work with this amazing company years ago who sold ink cartridges, huge company. And they basically said, if you reviewed them, they would pick one review because reviews are important to them. And they would pick one review and they would give them uh, as a winner each month and they would give them a free repeat order. So, you know, even things like that can just be an incentive to go, you know, I would love you to put this out. And then, of course, the other thing that's going to encourage people is when people share your stuff. So, or when, sorry, you share their stuff. So, for instance, if if I tag someone in because I'm doing something particularly or I love something, like I've just tagged in Slow Mo. Um, that's the name of this podcast. His name is Mo Chowdit, who I've asked to come on this podcast. I'm waiting to hear, so keep my fingers crossed. But I tagged him in a post about his book and he shared it. So, that was ace. And therefore, I'm more likely to do that again. If you see that there is someone that you know shares lots of people's posts or they tag them in, you are more likely to do it. So a few different things there that you can do in terms of getting that social proof. The other thing I just want to mention about the testimonials is sometimes you need different ones for different things. So if you have different types of products or services, then you need to make sure that you are getting those different products and services covered off on the different testimonials. So for instance, if you go to my speaker page on my site, the only testimonials on there are about me speaking. If you go to the Academy waitlist page, all of the testimonials on there are about the Academy people. Now, this is actually a really interesting point. I'm so glad I've just remembered this. So when I did the first Build My List course, because obviously I'm on course two now, as in this is the second time I'm running it. When I did the very first one, I didn't have anybody that had done it before. So I had no testimonials. I had no proof that this was going to work. I had no idea what the results are going to be. And, And therefore, when it came to promoting that course the first time, it might have felt like a really, what do you do? I haven't got a testimonial for it. How on earth can I convince people this is going to be good because I don't know at this point? Well, obviously I had a very strong confidence in my own abilities, which was great. But I think the other thing is that where if you're sat there with a brand new product, you need to think about what other testimonials have you got for something that is either kind of parallel or can, talks about the same kind of qualities in which the new product or service is. So for instance, I've got a lovely testimonial from uh, Mary Hyatt because she has done my 90 day program with me and I have coached her on her marketing. And she talks about how simple I make things and how clear it is and how I come up with ideas and how I think, you know, 
there's one testimony I think that I think it says it talks about a mic drop moment and all this sort of thing. So even though she didn't do the build my list course and not at any point did I say, oh, she did the build my list course, the testimonial was a generic one about how I teach. And then I would pick another testimonial about someone who maybe had seen me do something different and talked about how I explain things. Oh, the other thing that I picked for these testimonials is often the 90-day students talk about how much fun it is to work with me. I like to laugh. We laugh in the academy all the time. It's honestly, it's just the best. And how I make marketing fun. So again, I didn't want people to think they were coming on this 10-day course and I would be like there with my whip, like do the work, you know, shouting at them every 30 seconds. So I chose testimonials that talked about me as a person and what I was like. Now, obviously, now we've done the Build My List course, I have amazing testimonials that tell you that someone got 100 people on her email list within seven days. Amazing. But at the time, I didn't have them. So if you haven't got it, or if it's a new product or service, then can you get testimonials around just generally you and what you are like to work with or your level of knowledge in that industry or whatever it is? Okay, so let's talk about what do you ask them or how do you try and get them to give you the kind of testimonial that you need? So the first thing is you need to make it as easy as possible for them. Like I said, people are busy. It's not that they don't want to give you a testimonial. It's just you're not on the top of their list because they're doing it for you and not for them. So you need to make it, or the way I see it, is you want to make it as easy as possible. So either give them an incentive, i.e. if you write one, then you'll go in a competition to win X, Y, Z. That's the more social proof type stuff. But if it's like a written one, if it's a LinkedIn recommendation, if it's a video, then you need to give them some help or structure. Now, the very least I would say is I'm wondering, you know, would you be so kind as to do a testimonial? We work together on X, Y, Z, and I would really appreciate it. You know, tell them why you want a testimonial. I want to get more people into this product or service, and I'd really appreciate it if you could. Obviously, I want to make it as easy as possible for you. So I have written below some suggestions of the sorts of things that you could put in a testimonial. And then I would sort of say, if you need anything else, just let me know. Now, I don't mind admitting that when I was in corporate, I think no, I think it was when I started my own business. And obviously, the only testimonials I could get were people that had worked with me. And I would go to like these corporate guys that I used to work with and I'd go, can I have a testimonial, please? And they'd be like, oh, can you write it for me? And because they didn't want to even write it, I would write them something, I'd send it them and then they would put it on their LinkedIn. Now, obviously, they wouldn't have done it if it was not true, but literally that's to the level I had to go to back then. Whereas now, I think in most instances, you can just give them an idea of the sorts of things that you're trying to get from it. So, Think about the questions that you want them to answer that you want someone else to read. So it's things like how, you know, questions around how did you feel about your such and such when you first started or talk about you want to show the process on that testimonial. So where were you or what inspired you to join this course, buy this product, use this service? You know, what were you hoping for? What were you stuck with? So those are the sorts of questions you want to sort of put first something that kind of sets the scene about who they were, where they were, what inspired them. Because what we want our customers to see is, yeah, I was exactly the same. So lots of my video testimonials talk about, I tried to build my list before, I found it really confusing, I found it difficult, I 
I can't remember what else they said, <laughs> but you know, you get my, my drift. So that's the first kind of question you want to ask them. So then the next sort of thing you want to move on to is why you, why did they pick you at that point? So questions like, what was it that made us stand out? Or what was it that made this course feel like perfect timing? So why did they pick your course or your product or your service at that time? So if they can just put a couple of words around that, what was it? Because it's things like, again, this is where they might mention things like, I wanted something quick and easy, or I wanted something that could be done in 10 days, or I wanted to finally stop putting this thing off. And you want those kind of words so that your customer can listen to it and go, yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me. The other thing I try and get here is, you know, did you try and do this before? And if so, what stopped you? Or why didn't you succeed? Or have, you know, what were the obstacles preventing you from doing the thing that you did with me or buying the thing? Or, you know, why didn't you take the leap to buy that really expensive car before this week? You know, so it's like trying to say to them, because again, your objections are going to address objections that other people have got. So what was stopping them or what had stopped them in the past? Then I asked them about what was the best thing about the course? What did they enjoy most? So again, what did they love about working with you? What was the best thing about the product? What one thing was like above all else? Because again, these are the kind of things that sometimes we get surprised because we think we know what's good about our stuff. But actually, there might be something in it that you didn't even realize that actually that is such a powerful marketing message. So someone goes, you know, the best thing for me, and one thing people did love was the Canva templates that I gave them and how I basically said to them, don't don't mess around with them. Just, you know, I've spent ages messing around, making them look beautiful. I love making things look beautiful in Canva. It is my go-to favorite way to procrastinate, by the way. But, you know, I lots of them really enjoyed that bit. Whereas for me, there might have been something else that I thought was really strong. So why did they love your product, your service, working with you, sort of, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then this one is kind of, well, like I said, we're, we're trying to pitch out this transformation. So what is it that they got at the end of it? So what results did they get? So you've had them starting from, this was the problem. This is what I was trying to solve. This is why I struggled to it in the past. So the next sort of question is, what result did you get? Or what was the transformation? So you came into this wanting to do X, Y, Z, the course was, or the product was X, Y, Z, and what did you get at the end of it? Because that's the thing. Basically, anybody buying your product or service has a point in which they're starting at and a point of which they want to be at. And I want to see as a customer that you can get me to that point. Now, obviously, there are a million other things that come down to it. You know, I've got to put in the work. I've got to take it seriously. I've got to buy another product alongside that product or whatever it might be. But as a as a customer, I want to know those things. I want to know, yes, I can relate to where they were because I'm in that situation and look what they achieved. That's what I want to achieve. So you want to find out what was that transformation. And then the kind of last one is, why would you recommend this to someone else? Like, why should someone else do the course? Why should someone else buy the product? Now, if you are specifically trying to market to a particular area, you could go, why should uh, female small business owners with children buy this course? Or why would you recommend 
that males in their 50 buy this product. So so you're kind of putting some of those words in so that they kind of almost reiter- reiterate some of those words back. Again, making it sort of really clear in terms of these are the outcomes for those type of people if they're the type of people you're trying to trying to target. And again, that might change as you go forward. So for instance, you know, there was a big mix of people that did the first Build My List course. And there was some that was much, much easier than the others. There's some businesses and some types of small businesses that better suit this course. So it might be that as time goes on, I niche it down and therefore I start talking about those businesses. So yeah, so those are the kind of questions I ask. I give them some questions, especially on a video interview. I literally sent them the questions beforehand. And I, when we did it, I said, you don't need to prep anything, however you want to work but I am literally going to ask you the question and you just answer. And then when they're done, I go, thank you. And then I go ask the next question. It seems really stiff, but obviously no one's going to see me asking the questions. They're just going to see their answers. So that's what I would do. I would really encourage people to give you lots of testimonials all the time. I don't think this is ever a waste of your time. I think that most of your customers that are happy would be more than happy to do this they just need a nudge in the right direction, or they just need a um, bit of encouragement, or they need a bit of help. They need you to take the legwork off. So you could even give examples, especially if you know that you took a customer from this point to this point, and you've got all those details, then you could almost like start filling in some of those details for them. Um, and I didn't there's anything wrong with that. It's not like you're lying. It's not like you're making it up. It's still coming through them. You're just making it easier for them. And I think that's going to be one of your biggest biggest things that hold you back is that they're busy, they've got stuff to do, and it's not that they don't want to do it, it's just about finding the time. So the easier you can make it for them, the better. Okay, I really hope that's helped. If I've worked with you, then come and ask me for a testimonial. If I've got the time and you make it easy, I will happily do one. Um, But yeah, do go and, in fact, I want to set you a task. I want you to think of like three customers that you know right now loved what you did. And by the end of this week, so whenever you're listening to this, give yourself five days, we'll go work days. I want you to have asked them for a testimonial. What's the worst that they can say? No. Like, that's it. No one died. I joked the other day that Because for me, it's like, what's the worst that could happen? Someone could die. I don't want to die. Or I could get pregnant. I really don't want to get pregnant. I have a lovely daughter who's 11 and stepson. I am fine. Thank you. That would be a bit of a disaster at my age and my life. So, you know, my thing is no one's going to die. No one's going to get pregnant. So just go ahead and do it. Anyway, I will leave you to it on that bombshell. Please do go and ask some testimonials. Like I said, the worst they can say is no. And that's fine because you haven't lost anything, have you? They, you know, you still haven't got a testimonial and you didn't didn't have one in the first place. Anyway, I am going to leave you to it. Have a great week and I will see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then I would love it so very much if you were happy enough to head over to iTunes and give me a review. 